Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of All My Movies. We are continuing Best Picture Month with a look at 2006's The Departed, the film that won Martin Scorsese his first and only Oscar so far for Best Director, although he keeps pumping out movies. You never know, there might be another one in his future. We've got a lot to go over, including the movie that was the basis for The Departed, 2002's Infernal Affairs from Hong Kong. We're also going to go over some of the misconceptions, I think, about the movie and about Martin Scorsese's filmography as a whole, its Oscar legacy, a lot of ground to cover. But before we do that, I want to thank you for tuning into the show. We've just recently moved it from the Schmodown Entertainment Network to my channel. And thank you to everybody who's followed the show here. I would encourage you still to check out out SEN. There's so much stuff going on Schmodown related. As a matter of fact, my latest singles title match against Adam Collins, a rematch, just went live this weekend. So if you haven't seen that match yet, you can go over to SEN now, as well as a host of daily shows, SEN Live, the Inner Geekdom Show, so much fun stuff going over there. So please check out SEN. I'm very proud to still be partners with them and Skybound on this podcast. As I mentioned, The Departed is a remake of a 2002 Hong Kong action film film called Infernal Affairs, or at least that's the title of the movie in English. In Chinese, the title translates roughly to The Unceasing Path, and it's an allusion to a theme that's explored much more deeply in the Infernal Affairs version of this story. We focus much more on the character of Lao, or at least his own guilt about what he's been doing. It's it's the role that is analogous to the one that Matt Damon plays in The Departed. He is the criminal who's underground as a mole in the police force, and that's what the title there refers to, this unceasing path of guilt. It's a reference to the lowest level of hell in Buddhism. It's a running theme throughout the Hong Kong movie. The Departed is much broader in its theme and in its scope, and it's less about the guilt of the survivors and more about the guilt of those who don't survive. Infernal Affairs was a big hit, both critically and commercially, in Hong Kong. It won several awards, but it didn't get a whole lot of traction here in the United States. It was picked up for a limited theatrical run, but as was the case, and honestly as is the case with most movies from countries that are outside the U.S., instead of the original being released here in North America and becoming a big hit, it is instead remade by Hollywood, and that was the case with Infernal Affairs, which would soon become The Departed. Following a bidding war that included a now-disgraced Hollywood producer, Plan B, a company that was founded by Brad Pitt, producer Brad Gray, and Brad Pitt's then-wife Jennifer Aniston in 2001, walked away with the rights to remake Infernal Affairs along with Warner Brothers, who helped finance the capital for purchasing the rights. Plan B was a relatively new company, and when they purchased the rights to The Departed, did not have any releases under their name as yet. When The Departed was released, Plan B only had two movies that had come out under the company's banner, Troy, starring Brad Pitt, and the Tim Burton remake of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. To adapt the screenplay of Infernal Affairs, Plan B brought on writer William Monaghan, who was a seasoned writer. He'd been a columnist, an author, but was not a very experienced screenwriter. When he was hired to write The Departed, he'd only sold one other screenplay, which was the movie that would become Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven. It had not been released when he was brought on to do The Departed. But William Monaghan brought a very unique perspective to this story and decided to follow what some would say is the first rule of screenwriting, he wrote what he knew. Monaghan was a Boston native, and he channeled his own experiences and the experiences of people that he'd been around growing up to structure The Departed into a story that goes more from the criminal underground story that you'll find in Infernal Affairs, but also includes neighborhood allegiances, religious guilt, 
family alliances, and a very healthy real-life inspiration from the criminal Whitey Bulger, who was a notorious figure in the Boston underground for decades. Whitey Bulger would become the character of Frank Costello, who was played by Jack Nicholson. And when Nicholson was hired to play the part, Monaghan expanded the role even further to accommodate an actor of Nicholson's stature. Though Whitey Bulger inspired the character of Frank Costello in The Departed, he would get his own movie adaptation in 2015 called Black Mass, starring Johnny Depp. This movie was made after Bulger was apprehended by the FBI in 2011, after 16 years at large. I think the screenplay for The Departed is actually really good, and we'll go into some of my favorite lines and moments later on, but there's one line that's actually improved with time, and that's one that Frank Costello throws at one of his lieutenants who failed to bury a body sufficiently out in the marshes. Don't laugh! This ain't reality TV! When this movie came out in 2006, it was the height of the reality TV craze, and it felt a little try-hard for me. It felt like a screenwriter who was bending over backwards to make his movie relevant to the modern time. But removed from that moment, I actually see it as a line of that moment. It wasn't really trying to relate to the time, it just was what the environment was in 2006. This is an example, I think, of writing that perhaps is a little too on the nose at the time the movie was released, but once you go past the reality of it a little bit, it doesn't stand out quite as much. With the script complete, the search for a director began, and as seems to be the case every time there's a new movie about organized crime and development, Martin Scorsese's name was almost immediately invoked. It turned out to be good timing, though, because Scorsese had just wrapped The Aviator, which was a sprawling epic that spanned decades about the life of Howard Hughes, and he was in the market for a smaller, more character-driven drama. What I wanted to do was a kind of down-and-dirty uh, uh, B-film. I, I, you know, I'd had... I'd had it with Aviator in the sense that, uh, in a good way, it was a spectacle. I just want to free myself and get and do a picture of these, just the street war. At literally the same time, the script also went out to Leonardo DiCaprio, who had partnered with Scorsese on The Aviator and also with 2002's Gangs of New York. He's uh, certainly a teacher and a mentor to me in every, every possible way, and it's been kind of a no-brainer. We read the script in one day and called each other the next day and said, let's do this. It was so well written. DiCaprio would sign on to play the role of Billy Costigan, a state police cadet who is pulled out of training and recruited to go on a long-term undercover assignment inside of Frank Costello's crew. The other lead role was originally eyed for Brad Pitt, the producer of the movie. But once development got underway, Pitt decided that a younger actor should play that role. And Matt Damon, who was a Massachusetts native, was cast as Colin Sullivan, who is Costello's inside man in the state police. I think that DiCaprio, Damon, and Nicholson form a great trio at the heart of this movie. And one thing that I think is smartly carried over from the original film, Infernal Affairs, is the idea that these two characters, these two moles, are both separated and very closely bonded together. Yan and Lau in the original film and Costigan and Sullivan in The Departed don't really meet each other until the third act. They cross paths a couple of times, but you feel like they are always right next to each other. They're hot on the trail of the other one and there's a great sequence in both films where each one almost discovers the other as one of them is stalked after a crucial exchange of information about the potential mole inside the criminal gang two days ago my guy damn near found out who costello's rat is he lost him in the streets well, did he get a look at the guy nah. 
All three of these actors share great scenes together, but if I had to pick my favorite, it's one that comes right around the third act of the film where Frank Costello is beginning to suspect that there's a mole in his crew and he calls DiCaprio's Billy Costigan over and really kind of toys with him. You're the new guy. Why don't you stay in the bar? That night I got your numbers. We, the audience, and most especially Billy Costigan, don't quite know if Costello's figured out that he's the mole. And I love this back and forth that these characters are trying to figure each other out. I'm not the fucking rat. Start with you agree there is a rat. You said there is one, all right? Jack Nicholson has only done three movies since The Departed came out almost 15 years ago. The Bucket List... Joaquin Phoenix's quasi-documentary, I'm Still Here, and James L. Brooks's 2010 film, How Do You Know? How Do You Know may well end up being Nicholson's final film. He's shown no interest in coming out of retirement. And if that's so, with respect to those other three movies, I think that The Departed is the last movie in his career that really captures what makes Jack, Jack. Jack Nicholson has a rare quality, and I think it's really what made him an icon. It's this wry, slightly dirty sense of humor, but also tinged with a little bit of menace, as if he's the only one in the room that really knows what's going on. Just kidding, how's your mother? Uh, she's on her way out. You all are, act accordingly. The Departed is also blessed with a stellar supporting cast, and I really think that the heart of the film is Martin Sheen's Captain Queenan, who is one of only two people that know that Billy Costigan is actually an undercover cop and not a criminal. I love what Martin Sheen does with this role, which is to take what could have been on the page a standard police captain stern role and really give him so much heart and compassion that you understand why Costigan is so loyal to him and why he would commit himself to years of service that completely wrecks his psyche. You want something to eat? Um, yeah, come on. You have some supper. We'll talk in the kitchen. Come on. The Departed actually has one of those movie theater moments that I always remember. Those times that, that just stick in your memory from the first time you saw a film in a theater with a packed audience. And that's when Captain Queenan's body comes off the roof. When you see him falling to the pavement. And there was just this gasp in the room. And then dead silence. And it's one of those times that sitting in an audience, you recognize in real time that this movie is working because everyone in the theater was transfixed and so sad for this character. Even though we know that that's not really Captain Queen and that's Martin Sheen, we were all caught up in the story. And that's the sign of a great movie. Sad, something just came off the building. As Queenan's second-in-command Staff Sergeant Dignam, another Boston native was cast, Mark Wahlberg. And Wahlberg was the one member of the cast who was probably closest to the characters being depicted on screen. I didn't have to do much homework. I mean, instead, the only, the only difference was I was playing one of the cops that used to arrest me all the time. Mark Wahlberg has, in my opinion, a dream role for any actor in this movie because Dignam is a part that is all snappy lines, all almost laugh lines, a very memorable role, but he doesn't have to carry a lot of the narrative burden. He comes in, he makes an impact, and then you don't see him again for a while. I'm the best friend you have on the face of this earth, and I'm going to help you understand something, you punk. You're no f***ing cop. In a movie full of great lines, Wahlberg actually has my favorite during a critical bust scene where the cops realize that the cameras that have been installed to capture the crime have a blind spot. Who put the f***ing cameras in this place? Oh, who the f*** are you? I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. 
there are a lot of comparisons you can make between The Departed and Infernal Affairs, and I think in some areas, one movie will come out on top over the other movie. But there's one thing that I think The Departed definitively does better than Infernal Affairs, and that is condensing two characters in the original film. In Infernal Affairs, Lau, the mole in the police department, has a wife slash fiance, and Yan, the undercover cop, has a court-appointed psychiatrist. And both of these characters have their role to play, but are essentially somewhat minor characters in the film. The Departed condenses these characters into one, Madeline, who's played by Vera Farmiga. She is still Colin Sullivan's fiance and Billy Costigan's coin-appointed psychiatrist, but she's also a link between these two. She's romantically involved with both of them, and she acts as a person who can see through both of these characters. I have to say your vulnerability is really freaking me out right now. <laughs> is it real? This was almost certainly Vera Farmiga's most significant film role up to that point in her career, and she does a great job being trapped between these two very damaged and very flawed characters. If I could change one thing about The Departed, it would be to give Madeline just one more scene to show the impact of the events on her life apart from the two characters that she is involved with because Vera Farmiga is really, really good in this movie and I wish we had just gotten one more character beat out of it before the end of the film. What about the baby? Other key roles in the movie were filled by Anthony Anderson, James Badge Dale, Ray Winstone, and Alec Baldwin as Captain Ellerby, who is Colin's superior, who also happens to have my second favorite line in the movie. I'm sorry to get you at the last minute, but things leak. This lead came from Queen is undercover guy. I'm gonna have a smoke right now. You wanna have a smoke? You don't smoke, do you? Right? What do you want all those fitness freaks? Huh? Go. With a cast and director locked in place, Plan B brought in another producer named Graham King to work on the day-to-day -day production of the movie. King had just worked with Scorsese producing his previous film, The Aviator, and this kind of handover of power from pre-production to production really isn't unusual. Producers are brought in at different stages of film all the time. But this transfer of power to Graham King would have significant repercussions later down the line for Brad Pitt and Brad Gray. The Departed began filming in the spring of 2005 in New York and Boston, and once shooting was complete, the footage went to one of Martin Scorsese's most celebrated collaborators, editor Thelma Schoonmaker. Schoonmaker edited Martin Scorsese's first movie, Who's That Knocking at My Door, in 1967, but union difficulties left her sidelined from editing altogether for almost a decade. The two reunited for Raging Bull in 1980, and Thelma Schoonmaker has edited every single one of Martin Scorsese's movies since, an uninterrupted collaboration that spans over 40 years. And I know that this would be considered blasphemy in many places, now hear me out, but Schoonmaker's edit of The Departed is actually maybe my least favorite of all of her collaborations with Scorsese. I have no idea, even as a somewhat amateur editor myself, how she is able to create what I call the sonic landscapes of Martin Scorsese. Scene after scene, song after song, flowing into each other. It's almost montage-like, and yet it makes sense linearly and narratively. She is a wizard at editing. The Departed is one of those times where that style doesn't really work for me, particularly in the first 10 to 15 minutes of the film. It's very herky-jerky. The music seems abrupt, even for a Martin Scorsese film. The transitions don't quite work. It's one of the only times that the editing of the movie has really taken me out of the film. I think it says a lot about the power of the movie that it is still one of my favorites and why I still love it. 
But it's one of the times also that I can look at a movie that's edited by Thelma Schoonmaker and say that I'm just not really a fan of the choices that she made. And I lost my leg! Billy? Yeah, it's me. Oh my god! I think part of it is that this movie is so dense and there is so much for it to establish, especially up front. You really don't have time to breathe in this movie. You go from scene to scene to scene to character to character to character because you have to get to so many different things. So I understand the dilemma of trying to edit a movie like this. You don't have time to have these establishing shots or else the movie would be four hours long. You do have to jump from place to place. There are a lot of naysayers for The Departed and I will talk about their arguments in just a moment. But this is one concession that I will grant, the editing doesn't always work for me. But there's one criticism that I will not give ground on, and it's one that I've seen lobbed at The Departed several times, that this movie really isn't that good, that it is just a carbon copy of what Scorsese's done before, and that he didn't really deserve the Oscar for this film, that he won it for other films, and that there's really nothing that remarkable about The Departed. This is, in my opinion, nonsense. I think it's fodder for the hot take machine that generates a lot of interest. But when you break this movie down, I think that you can see very clearly why this movie's different from Scorsese's other works and why he deserved all the accolades he got from this movie. By the way, he deserved those same accolades for other movies that he did in the past. But just because he was snubbed for movies like Taxi Driver and Raging Bull, that doesn't mean that when he did get his due here, that it was only an earned award for other stuff and not for what he did in this film. There are a lot of things that make this movie great. And a couple things that I've already touched on are, first and foremost, the cast. I think that you get A-plus performances from every single member of this cast. The guy f***ing murders somebody and you don't f***ing take him. What are you waiting for, honestly? I mean, do you want him to chop me up and feed me to the poor? Is that what you guys want? I also think that William Monaghan's script is really strong. It has laughs, it has twists and turns, but it doesn't rely solely on those twists and turns to keep you tuned in. It's complex without being difficult to follow, and it brings every character around by the end of the movie in a way that makes sense and improves on the original film, in my opinion, Infernal Affairs. You've already pretended to be a Costigan from South Boston. Every weekend, Sergeant. Perfect. Do it again. Of course, you have to give a lot of credit to Infernal Affairs, but this is not one of those American remakes that's just a recreation of the original film. Yes, there are a lot of different sequences and a lot of inspiration that's drawn from the original film. And you can look at seven or eight different things that you could say like, oh, that's almost exactly the same. But I think the characters in The Departed actually have much better dynamics with each other. They're more complex relationships. I think they're more well-rounded. And I think the world that they inhabit is more complex and feels more lived in than the underworld that we see in Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs is a great crime story. But I think The Departed is a great story that involves crime, but also brings in a lot of other elements. If your father were alive and saw you here sitting with me, let's say he'd have a word with me about this. In fact, he'd kill seven guys just to cut my throat, and he could do it. Now let's turn to Martin Scorsese. And first of all, those that say that Scorsese is phoning it in here or that he's just copying himself, I think you're looking at very surface level comparisons between all of his movies and not really digging down into what each and every one of these movies has to say on its own. To be even more blunt, I think people that say Martin Scorsese is just remaking the same mob movie over and over again 
don't know what the hell they're talking about. Martin Scorsese has never been interested in glorifying crime and glorifying criminals, making these empty portraits of the mob and the mafia that people have accused him of making. But he is very interested in the complex psychology of criminals and criminality, the sin that comes with being a criminal and the damnation that lies in a life of crime. This started at a very young age for Scorsese when he saw landmark crime films like James Cagney's 1949 classic White Heat, or the original Scarface in 1932, starring Paul Muni. What I saw in those movies was the rise and the fall. The fall was most important. The influence of these movies is very obvious in Scorsese's work because, yes, there is a lot of romance in a life of crime, and you have to depict that to understand why these characters do what they do on screen. But ultimately, these movies don't focus on the romance. They focus on the gruesome ends that come with criminality. And Scorsese embraces this fatalistic point of view in The Departed by incorporating a motif that he remembered from Scarface when he was a kid, the incorporation of the letter X to signify death. Part of the game that they played in the film was that when anybody was going to be killed, there was always an X in the frame somewhere. So in this film, we put X's in many different places. That's a direct reference to Scarface. The surface similarities in that this is a film about criminals and the mob are there between this movie and Scorsese's other mob movies, but I actually think that Scorsese is telling a much larger story about crime that has spanned almost his entire career. Of Scorsese's films, I would say that only six movies deal directly with organized crime. Mean Streets, Goodfellas, Casino, Gangs of New York, The Departed, and The Irishman. And when you look at each one of these movies, they're not carbon copies of each other. I think that each one of them is part of a bigger puzzle that Scorsese's putting together, consciously or unconsciously. Mean Streets is about the perils of entering the world of crime. Goodfellas is about the romance and betrayal of the mafia. Casino is an outsider's perspective, how crime will ruin the lives even of those who want to play the game honorably. Gangs of New York demythologizes organized crime and ultimately shows how meaningless these conflicts are, lost in the dust of history. History. The Irishman is about the collateral damage of a criminal life, about those in the background who suffer, and the compounding damage of it all. And The Departed, in my eyes, is a blend of all of these different perspectives. We see the romance of the criminal life, but through the outsider Costigan's eyes, he sees the horror of Frank Costello in a way that everyone around him has become immune to. Through Madeline, we see the corruption of those with good intentions, the people that just want to help. Even they are left scarred by what happens in this movie. Costello's work as an FBI informant demythologizes the idea of the honorable mob boss, the unspoken code between gangsters. He's revealed to be just another rat out for his own survival. And the deaths of practically every main cast member show that in the end, as Frank says at the beginning of the movie, a loaded gun doesn't distinguish between cop and criminal. Violence begets violence, and nobody wins. Even Dignam, who pulls the final trigger, finds himself without a career, and possibly wanted for murder. Crime and violence are a rot that will consume all who come near it, cop or criminal. The nihilism of The Departed has always really stood out to me. It is a greasy, grimy tale of crime, and there are really no winners. There's just death and blood and vengeance. I think in a way it's Scorsese's most realistic crime film, and part of this process he's doing late in his career of pulling the veil away from any romantic look that may have permeated his previous films, and looking at the gross, dirty nature of crime and violence. It's all sin. 
even if that romance is there at the beginning. Scorsese has openly said that he based a lot of his early movies on his experiences growing up in Little Italy and being around a lot of these gangster types that he would later depict on film. I was sort of one who was going back and forth to these different groups and became like an observer and, a, and a, a sort of lived by my wits because of my asthma. You live with that violence. You don't... The thing to do is not to get in the violence. <laughs> Well, not to be the subject of the violence. Where some people see stagnation in Martin Scorsese's crime films, I see the evolution of a filmmaker and really the evolution of a man as he gets older and looks back on his own life in more stark terms, removing the romance from criminality as he gets older and is exposed to more of the real world. The Departed in its own way is a turning point in Scorsese's career-long crime narrative. Stay away from crime, kids. Not only does it not pay, it'll kill you. I don't view Costigan's death at the end of this movie as an anti-climax like so many other people do. I view it as inevitable because the road that all of these characters are on all lead to the same place no matter how hard they fight it. And I like that about this movie. As a matter of fact, I think that's one of the reasons that I think The Departed is a better film than Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs doesn't kill Lau, the mole that's inside the police. He lives at the end of the movie and is left to live with the eternal guilt over what his actions have done. And while that ending may be better for that movie, I think that the death of Colin Sullivan at the end of The Departed works way better for the movie that Martin Scorsese is making. And it's not because the bad guy gets his, it's because we see the perpetuation of this cycle. There really is no end. Even to stay alive and live with his guilt would be too clean of an ending for Colin Sullivan. He has to reap what he sowed, and he ends up dead. And you know what? While I'm in departed defense mode, I'm going to stick up for another element that I've seen a lot of people laugh at or point at as a reason why this isn't a good movie, and that's the rat walking across the railing at the end of the balcony. Some people see this as an over-the-top metaphor. I actually think it fits in exactly with what's been going on in this movie. The movie is an over-the-top morality play. There are very clear heroes. There are very clear villains. And the rat at the end of the movie is almost like fate laughing at Colin Sullivan. Here he is, this guy who thought he could escape with clean hands, that maybe if he kills Frank Costello, he can live the respectable life that he always dreamed of, looking at the Massachusetts State House outside of his window. And that rat is like fate laughing at him. Colin Sullivan isn't any better than anybody else in this movie, and he ends up just another dead rat in a gutter. I know we've been going a lot deeper on this episode into my personal opinion of the movie than we usually do, but I think that the reaction to The Departed in the last five or six years really does delve into one of my least favorite things about modern film criticism, and particularly in the age of social media, which is to take a movie and then break it down to its base elements and then point to these very surface level things as evidence that the movie is stupid or overrated or bad. It's a straw man argument. And it traffics really well on social media, which is why people keep doing it. Because a complex and nuanced discussion about a film and why these different elements may look bad in this light, but when you consider it in this context, isn't nearly as interesting to the average person as a very simple and straightforward argument saying, movie bad, here why. The simple laugh or the tweet-length criticism that takes one little piece and paints a movie with a broad brush will always get way more exposure than the much longer and complex discussion about the movie. Trust me, I know. But the important thing to keep in mind is that the easiest arguments to make about a film aren't always the best ones. And ultimately, I think you're going to like way more movies if you're willing to dismiss the hot takes and do the research for yourself. This fucking kill me. I am killing you.
The Departed opened on October 6, 2006 at the box office in the United States and made $26.8 million, which was, at that time, the highest opening weekend for any Martin Scorsese movie ever. It's since only been topped by one other film, 2010's Shutter Island, also starring Leonardo DiCaprio. I wish I could say, as I have for so many other movies, that I was there for The Departed's opening weekend, but the truth of the matter is, I wasn't. I wasn't there for the first, second, third, or fourth weekend that The Departed was in theaters. This was what I call my dark period. There were a few years after I moved to Los Angeles where, because of time or money or whatever reason, I didn't go to the movies a whole lot. So I did not rush out to see The Departed, even though I am a big fan of Martin Scorsese. And the only reason I actually saw it when I did is because I had gone to see another movie a few weeks after The Departed opened, Borat, which was sold out on opening weekend. So my friend Adam and I looked for another movie that started right around the same time. The Departed had tickets available, so we went to see that film, and I'm really glad that I did, because as I mentioned, there were a couple moments that are part of my movie-going DNA that I remember from that theatrical experience, and they probably wouldn't have happened. It's very possible I probably wouldn't have seen The Departed in theaters if Borat hadn't been sold out that particular night. Sometimes the movie gods smile down on us, and we don't really know why. Domestically, The Departed is still Scorsese's highest-grossing film ever at $132 million, and worldwide, it is Scorsese's third-highest-grossing film of all time behind Shutter Island and the number one movie, The Wolf of Wall Street, also starring Leonardo DiCaprio. It's been a very fruitful collaboration for both director and actor. The Departed wasn't nominated for an overwhelming number of Oscars. It had five nominations, which was tied for the fourth most of any film that year. And Leonardo DiCaprio wasn't even nominated for the movie. He did pick up a Best Actor nomination, but it was for Edward Zwick's Blood Diamond. There was only one cast member who scored an Oscar nomination, and it wasn't Matt Damon or Jack Nicholson or DiCaprio for this movie or Martin Sheen or Alec Baldwin. It was Mark Wahlberg. His role as Dignum was the only Academy Award-nominated performance from a film that many predicted could perhaps have been full of Academy Award-nominated performances. You're up in middle class during the weeks, then you're dropping your eyes and you're hanging in the big bad salty projects with your daddy the fucking donkey on the weekends. I got that right. The Departed won where it counted, though. Mark Wahlberg's loss to Alan Arkin in the Best Supporting Actor race was the only category in which it lost. It would win Oscars for Thelma Schoonmaker, her third Academy Award for editing. William Monaghan also won an Academy Award for his adapted screenplay. The Departed won Best Picture, but only producer Graham King walked away with an Oscar statuette. After the Academy decided to cut down on the number of eligible producers, in arbitration it was decided that because King was there and was making decisions for the actual production of the film, that he would be the only producer eligible to receive an Oscar statuette. So while Brad Gray and Brad Pitt are credited as producers, and while they did spearhead the securing of the rights, the hiring of Scorsese, and a lot of the casting, and hiring Graham King, they were not eligible for Oscar statues and walked away empty-handed from the Academy Awards. Brad Pitt would eventually win an Oscar as a producer for the Best Picture winner 12 Years a Slave, and he would win an acting award for his role in 2019's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. His partner Brad Gray, who sadly passed away from cancer in 2017, never picked up an Academy Award, but was a successful studio head in the 2000s and going into the 2010s, and ushered Paramount Pictures into a huge era of profitability on the backs of things like the Transformers sequels, the Paranormal Activity series, the rebooted Star Trek series, 
series, several sequels in the Mission Impossible franchise, and others. But the most significant Oscar win for The Departed was for director Martin Scorsese, who won Best Director after being nominated seven times previously for either writing or directing. And sensing the award's momentum, the Oscars sent out Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas to present their friend Marty with his long-awaited Oscar. Friends, friends of mine over the years and friends who are here tonight who are wishing this for me and my family, I thank you. This is for you. Scorsese has since racked up six more Oscar nominations, but The Departed remains his only Oscar win. And if Scorsese's career was to end and this would be his only directing Oscar, I will not join the chorus of people saying that it wasn't deserved because, in my opinion, The Departed is a great Martin Scorsese film. Has he made better films? Yes, I will concede that. But that doesn't mean he doesn't deserve it for this movie. I wish Martin Scorsese could keep making movies forever. Of course, that's not going to happen. But until that day comes, I will proudly champion this film, which I think deservedly stands amongst Scorsese's best. As always, I like to go over the special features on the Blu-ray disc of The Departed that I own. That's it right over my shoulder there. It's a pretty bare bones disc. I think that may actually be the first marketed copy of the film. I'm sure others have come out since I bought the movie on Blu-ray. So it has a few special features. Nothing that, you know, really to write home about, but some interesting stuff. There is a documentary called Stranger Than Fiction that's about The Departed's ties to the real world of the Boston crime scene and Whitey Bulger in particular. It'll be very difficult for many people from this area to see The Departed and not immediately notice the, the parallels of both stories. There's also a really interesting documentary, and you've seen a couple clips here, called Crossing Cultures, which is about how Scorsese has depicted criminality throughout his films over the years and his inspiration from real-life films. A cop. How do you like that, boys? <laughs> and we went for it. There are also a few deleted scenes from the film, which are interesting to watch, but wouldn't really have added much to the final product and the movie's theatrical trailer. And that wraps up my thoughts on The Departed. Next week, we're going to go to the 1970s and talk about one of the most crowd-pleasing Best Picture winners of all time. I'm excited to wrap out the month on a high note. But until then, it's time to go back on the show. Thanks for watching. 